Marshall. We're up by 22 points, 25 minutes in the last. We win this, we play false. Come on, Marshall. And eliminate Geelong. Come on, Roe. Goodbye. Hello everyone and welcome to Kick It to Scoops. I'm your host, Cooper, the soul admin of AFL information, trade rumors and results. And it's officially finals week and finally it is here. The Saints are playing finals. It's it's a great time right now. The Saints are playing finals and uh, Geelong are not, the Bulldogs are not. You've got the Saints and the Giants, you've got Carlton and Sydney, you've got Brisbane and Port and you've got Collingwood and Melbourne. Four big games this week, and we'll get straight into it on the episode here on Kick It to Scoops. Please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We're about 670 subscribers away from 3,000. Let's try and get that as soon as possible. Then we can give some prize giveaways. We want to aim for 20 likes of this video. Every video there is on this channel, we want to aim for a minimum of 20 likes. So please smash that like button. It's not that hard. It costs absolutely nothing. Um, turn on the bell for all notifications when I go live or when I upload a video. Um, it's a big show. It's finals week. Um, we had a lot to talk about. Well, the Scoops Medal. If you haven't checked out who won the Scoops Medal, go and check it out on the channel. Uh, it's a very, very good count. And uh, a certain silky ball mover from a team playing finals may or may not have won the award. But you're going to have to check that out. Link should be down below. If not, go search it up on the channel under video section. Under the video section. We've got Scoops Goes Bang. We're going to preview the finals. Going to add a bit of trade talk because obviously there's no more Scoops medal. There's no more Team of the Week. So I'm going to add that with some trade talk. Not a whole lot. I'll end up doing a separate video for it at some point. But for right now, I've got some names in particular that I want to talk about. And some general news stories as well. And I want to also add that Scoops Goes Bang is two big topics. I'm going to keep you both away. I'm going to keep you all waiting because it's very, very big, these two topics. Also, I want to remind everyone that the AFLW show will be on tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Tuesday night, that is. So please check that out. The first episode did okay. Um, yeah, the show will be on tomorrow, and uh, I'll be debuting the Scoops AFLW medal votes on the show tomorrow, so go and check that out. And you may or may not see a Scoops AFLW team of the week. So that'll be very interesting as well. But go check that show out tomorrow. The AFLW, the AFLW show presented by yours truly, Scoops. As you can see there, right there. Oh, it's time to say one more thing. You want me on Cameo, head to cameo.com forward slash Cooper G. Want me to roast a friend? Wish someone happy birthday. Anything at all, cameo.com forward slash Cooper G. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the world famous segment. Scoops goes bang. Oh, what am I going to bang on about? Two things. One, the buy round. No one cares about the buys. The only person that cares about the buys are the players. Now, they get paid a lot. They get paid during the buy round. As a fan, I hate the buy rounds. 
I understand why players and coaches want it for their clubs with the injuries and niggles and everything like that. But I don't like it. I hate it. Get rid of the buy rounds. It's boring. The week of no AFL, the week feels a bit more boring. This is other sports to watch. AFLW was fine to watch. Nothing wrong with that. Same with the VFL and everything like that. But it's just that feeling of not having AFL football in this with that just makes it feel a little bit more annoying. For me, I did not like the buy round. I never liked the buy round. This year, last year, two years ago, 15 years ago, I did not like it. Never have and never will. Get rid of the buys, Gil, or Andrew Dillon now. We don't like the buys. No one likes them unless you're a player or a coach or involved in the club. We do not like the fans. Do not like the buy rounds. Get rid of the buy round. We don't want it before round one of the finals. We don't want it before the granny either. Get rid of the buys. Say bye-bye to the buys. Capiche? Get rid of the damn buys, Andrew, Dylan. Please. Get rid of them. They're crap. They're boring. The week is boring. The content is dead. People will say, oh, but the All-Australian team was on there and uh, the Rising Star and all that. Yeah, that's all great. All well and great. But that two hours on that night, that's all it was. Rest of the week, dead and boring regarding AFL content. Now, remember Andrew Dillon. I keep saying Gil. Andrew Dillon. Say bye-bye to the bye rounds. Simple. Say bye-bye to the buys. Come on, Andrew. Lift your game. You're now in charge for next season, so get rid of them. But I know you won't, but get rid of them, please. It's rubbish. Oh, and the scoops goes bang. I'm going to add here, just plain and simple, the All-Australian squad. Now, I'm going to get the squad up here. I'm going to have to remove that banner for a second. Look at the names that made the All-Australian squad. You got Jordan Dawson and Tex Walker, no issues. Harris Andrews, Joe Danaher, Lockie Neal, no real issue. Well, Lockie Neal probably didn't deserve to be in there, but here we are. Charlie Cameron, the second most goals as a small forward, but he didn't deserve to be in there. I don't think he played that well, but in the squad, whatever. Charlie Kernow, Jacob Weedering, Kernow obviously, Weedering, eh, I'm not so sure about that. You've got other key defenders there. That were and were not there. Where's Charlie Ballard instead of Jacob Weedering? I'm leaving one particular player in this for a second. The Dacos brothers, fine. DeGoey and Moore and Quainer, fine. Langford, Merritt. Uh, Langford, fine for the squad for sure. And Merritt, eh, whatever. Going to leave someone else there. Efreo, Luke Ryan and Caleb Zerong, fine. I'm leaving a the name there on purpose. Tom Stewart, fine. Noah Anderson, fine. Cornelio, Tom Green, Toby Green, perfect. Luke Bruce, John Newcomb, James Sicily, fine. Petrarca and Viney, fine. Larky, fine. Butters, Houston, Rosie and the squad, fine. Rowan Marshall, obviously fine. Sinclair and Wilkie, obviously fine. Nick Blakey, eh, he's in it. I'm not so annoyed, but whatever. Errol Gould, obviously fine. Oscar Allen, obviously fine. Bonham Pally, English and Liberatory, fine. Right. So, the ones that piss me off the most... Uh, Dustin Martin in the squad. I don't think he was that good. I don't understand the hype here. I really, really don't. Um, 
but then there's three others that really grind my gears. Luke Jackson. I'm sorry. What the hell was in Luke Jackson in there for? Some people say, oh, they want a third Ruckman in the squad. Well, okay. There's a guy called uh, Kieran Briggs or Jared Witts. I know the Australian panel don't love Jared Witts. He was robbed of all Australian last year. 308 more hitouts than Max Gorn last year. And he did not get a freaking on-field Ruckman or in the team. 308 more hitouts than Max Gorn. Max Gorn that year had the third most hitouts. I'm still never going to be over that. That is the single most, the single-handedly, the worst all Australian decision I have ever seen. The highway robbery that was. Jerry Witts was robbed last year. He could have been in the squad over Luke Jackson. Like, how does Luke Jackson get seriously? I'm, I'm, I didn't realize playing th- three out of eight good games warrants your spot in the All Australian squad. Fair dickum. Seriously. You could go through a few other ruckmen. Oscar McInerney was better than him, even though he was inconsistent. But so was Luke Jackson, and he got in. Heck, even Bailey Williams of West Coast was better than Luke Jackson. And they're the two that really, along with Jackson, that annoy me. Mason Redmond, he averaged 21 disposals this year as a halfback. Not saying he had a bad year, but all Australian squad, seriously, really unbelievable. Like, fair dickum. There's some halfbacks that weren't in the squad. Where's Harry Sheasel ahead of him in the squad? You know, like, even the side wing and Malira was better than him. Like, ser- this is the time he had. There was more as well. But like, seriously, Mason Redmond, 21 for an average of a halfback. Serviceable, solid. All shine worthy, squad worthy. Nah, just outside it for me. I can't believe that. Oh, but this one really, really pissed me off the most. Patrick Cripps. Seriously. What the flip? Missed some games. Was average. Was rarely cited in many games. I don't have these exact numbers on top in front of me. But I don't need to explain it. I think you all should know. Unless you're a biased Carlton fan. You should know that Paddy Cripps had a terrible year for his standards and an average year for a general player. And he got in the squad. Where was Tim Kelly? Who was way better than Patrick Cripps? Where the hell was Rory Laird? Who were way better than him? Andy Brayshaw was better than him. Where was he in the squad over Paddy Cripps? I'm just going through names top of my head trying to think of. Matt Rowell was better than him. Heck, <laughs> I'm going to go as bold of a call to say that Sam Flanders' last 10 weeks was better than, than Paddy Cripps' season. And he averaged 29 disposals over the last 10 weeks, Sam Flanders. Not saying he should have been in the squad, but he was better than Cripps. James Warple was better than Paddy Cripps. Luke Davies Juniak was better than Paddy Cripps.
Tim Taranto was better than Paddy Cripps. Brad Crouch was better than Paddy Cripps. Luke Parker was better than Paddy Cripps. Chad Warner was better than Paddy Cripps. As I said before, Tim Kelly was better than Paddy Cripps. There's some names, and I'm sure I've forgotten some, that were be Adam Trelaw was better than Paddy Cripps. So the point of the matter is here that there was about 15-plus midfielders better than Paddy Cripps. Then people go, oh, Scripps, don't worry about it, mate. He didn't get in the team. I don't care. He shouldn't have been in the team, the squad, the lineup, whatever. Shouldn't have been in there. Did they pick him because he was a captain? If that's their excuse they got, Darcy Moore was there. Bottom Pally was there. Toby Green was there. They didn't need him in there if it was just for captaincy reasons. You got three off the top of your head that were in the squad right there and there. Harris Andrews was in the squad. He was a captain. Lockie Neal, captain, co-captain with Harris Andrews. Why was he in there? I want a logical reason from that committee. Kane Corns and everyone else that was on there. Pavlich. Like, seriously, all those names I just said, and there was probably some more, that were better than Petty Cripps. Uh, Petty, sorry. Paddy Cripps. Seriously. Sheasel, if I didn't mention him, that's another one. Like, Fadicum. A lot of players this season were far better than Paddy Cripps that were not in the lot. Of I laugh and cringe at the AFL All-Australian Selection Panel every single bloody year. Now, the overall team, there were some tweaks I would make. I'm sorry, but how the hell did Rowan Marshall not get in the final 22. You could argue that his season was better than Rowan, uh, Rowan Marshall's season was better than Tim English's. Marshall dominated the last 10 to 15 weeks over English. English probably had the first eight weeks or so. Regardless, they both should have been in. One should have been on the bench and Larkin should have been on the field. So you would have the three key forwards, Kerno, Walker, and Larky on field. You fix out everyone else with Rosie Petraka or whatever. You can fix them all out. Zach Merritt should not have been in the team at all. Final lineup. Dan Houston, not disappointed with. But what I would have done, I would have moved Nick Dacos from the midfield to the halfback line. Take Houston out completely. Take Zach Merritt out completely. You fit Rowan Marshall back in the team for Merritt. Rowan Marshall goes to the on-field ruck for English. English goes to the bench. And Tom Green takes that midfield slot. It's just unbelievable. It really is. How Tom Green, who averaged 32 disposals this year, a lot of clearances, a lot of tackles, a lot of score involvements, meters gained, is not getting the freaking final team is more of a joke as well. Another joke as well. Three tweaks. Two tweaks. Ad Marshall and Tom Green in for Zach Merritt and Dan Houston. Push Dacos to the halfback. Nick Dacos, that is, to the back line. Plain and simple. That's is what I would have done. And the biggest robbery of them all, how Paddy Cripps got in the lineup and how I almost forgot. I almost forgot. Charlie Ballard, don't know how he didn't get in the squad over 
Jacob Wiedering. But can you please explain to me how the highly rated and probably talked by a lot of people as the best key defender this year, Sam Taylor from the Giants, doesn't even get in the squad? Oh, it's an a it's a Victorian biased panel, isn't it? Or they get influenced to pick him. Where is Sam Taylor? Best key defender all year. Best all year. By far. He was my fullback. Set half back was Darcy Moore. I had Wilkie and I had Cicely. But Sam Taylor was the best all year with those other names I had in. So he was better than all the ones in my final team in key position. He was better than the guys in the squad like Andrews and Weedering. And there might have been another one, Luke Ryan. He was better than all them. He was better than all the rest. And how did he not get in the squad is baffling. It is ain't is annoying. Annoying. It's a joke. They need to lift their bloody game. But put people on the panel that watch games and know what they're talking about. If you want me a part of it, give me a call. Unbelievable. The AFL selection, all Australian selection panel, lifted bloody game. Pathetic. All right. It's now time to preview the finals. Now, let's have a look at week one of the finals. See, then let me get the banner off again. You got Collingwood and Melbourne Friday night, uh, Thursday night at the MCG. Carlton, Sydney, Friday night at the MCG. Saturday afternoon, 3.20 at the G's. Elimination final, Saints and GWS. Same with Carlton, Sydney's elimination final. Pies, Demons qualifying. And Brisbane and Port, Saturday night at the Gabba. Um, qualifying final. Now, we're going to look at all these graphics I made. Um, but unfortunately, for some stupid reason, my Carlton Sydney graphic won't pop up. This, this is StreamYard for you, gents. Now, while I'm in recording, I can't... I'd have to refresh the page, and obviously I'm not going to do that. So, tad annoying. But let's go preview the finals nonetheless. Starts Thursday night at the MCG, 7.20 Victorian time. It's the Pies... Um, yeah, Pies and the Demons. Jordan Degoe, Nick Dacos will not be playing this game. So that's a huge out for them. Um, huge out. But they've covered his losses in the last game, but albeit that was against Essendon. Different challenge here against Demons. Darcy Moore and Nathan Murphy should be back uh, for Collingwood. Melbourne, they've been a bit scratchy. They scraped over against uh, Sydney, played one good quarter, and it was really down to three plays, Petrarca, Viney, and Fritch. They won them the game against the Swans. People will argue, oh, they already qualified. They couldn't change their later position. It doesn't matter. They had games before that as well that were scratchy. Scraped over against Brisbane, if you remember the MCG, about six, eight weeks ago. St Kilda, they won off one quarter and St Kilda's mistakes. They scraped over against North Melbourne in Tassie not too long ago, about three weeks ago, three rounds ago. It was down in one quarter, the one on the game. There's a few others as well. They're the ones off the top of my head. Like, they've been scratchy. They would need to change their game dramatically to beat a red-hot Pies. We're now bouncing back. I'm going for the Pies in this one by 20 points. 
um, which would mean Melbourne would have to play semi-final next week and Collingwood would get the week off. Now, the next game I'm going to go through is the Friday night game at the MCG. It is Carlton hosting Sydney, 7.50 Victorian time Friday night. I'm going to be tipping... Hmm. I'm going to be tipping Carlton here. I think they'll bounce back. They were pretty poor against GWS, but I think they took the foot off the pedal. Um, they had to lose the game eventually. The Giants are in red-hot form. I'm going to go Carlton here. Alex is in Melbourne by 10 points. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Saturday afternoon at the MCG, an elimination final. It's the Saints, 3.20 Victorian times. The Saints hosting the Giants. As you can see there, the banner I've made all aboard the Filippo train indeed. Um, I'm going to be tipping, obviously, my Saints. The Giants in red-hot form. Um, Filippo, Tom Green, two young rising stars. Um, obviously, tipping my own Saints. Giants had a great season. The Dark Horse is no longer the Dark Horse. They mean business. I've been saying that all year. The Giants, happy for them to make the eight, but unfortunately for them, I don't want them winning this week because they're playing my mob. So I'll be tipping the Saints by 15 points. Neutral, neutral, neutral venue. So I could have played a couple of games of the G this year against Essendon and Richmond, 150th game anniversary. Against Essendon, we won by like 20 to 30-odd points. The Richmond one, we just lost off a terrible second half. We couldn't adjust to the wet conditions. Conditions should be fine on Saturday. So I'm going to be tipping my Saints by 15 points. Max King will be back. Seb Ross should be back. Dougal Howard may be back. Um, Josh Battle should be okay from his concussion in round 24. Um, so I'm going to tip my Saints. Sam Taylor might be back. Hopefully that star defender's having the week off again. I don't want Sam Taylor to play. He play on Kingy, but I prefer him not to play. But if he plays, that's okay. I'll be tipping the Saints by 15 points. And the final game of the finals to go through Saturday night at the Gabba, 7.25 Victorian time. Brisbane hosting quite late at the Gabba. I'm going to be tipping the Brisbane Lions only because they're at home. I'm going to tip them by 15 points, which would mean quite late would have to face the winner of St Kilda and GWS. In my eyes, it would be St Kilda. So Brisbane would get the week off. So next week's finals will look like, if my tips go correct, it would be Melbourne hosting Carlton at the MCG, likely on a Friday night. And then it would be Adelaide hosting St Kilda at the Adelaide Oval on a Saturday night. That is my predictions for what the round two of Fonz would be. Put your tips down below and what you would do. All right. I want to go through some news stories before I talk some trade talk. Jake Lever today has signed a four-year deal with the Demons. He already had an extra... Uh, 24. He had an extra year still to go. He signed a four-year contract extension with the Demons. So good on him. He'd be a Demon for life now after leaving from Adelaide all those years ago. Charlie Dixon has signed a one-year deal. So that's him locked and loaded for another year at the Power. Port fans will be happy that Charlie is staying. Hopefully for their sake, he could be injury-free. And could he be back this week? The talk you see some reports are saying that he might not play this week. Will the Cannon Trent McKenzie come back? We'll have to wait and see there. He signed another one-year deal, Charlie Dixon, so he'll go around next year in 2024. And the player who will be running around for the power in 2024 was heavily linked to the Eagles and Dockers, but mainly the Eagles, was Mitch Georgiades. But that's happening no more. Fans can... Mitch Georgiades has recently played footy for four years. 
2027. So, uh, who's there for fans who thought Mitch? Now, let's go, lady. Uh, AFL tomorrow night. Remember to subscribe. Give me the like button. Just go hit the like. Nothing. It's I don't know. Button is your mates on who haven't all greatly appreciated. Now, the track talk I'm going to go. Uh, I feel better and because Lee North are going to be ridiculous. Rumored to be pick three. They've current just ridiculous when you think about it. Uh, but so that's going to happen. We're going to have to live with it. But the one I live with is the Riley Sanders one where they could be getting through an academy loophole. I like, but Ben McCoy linked to Essendon, Adelaide, and Sydney, and now Hawthorne are rumoured to be a team in the mix as well. So that's still up in the air for who it's going to be. Very likely now it's between Sydney, Hawthorne, and Essendon. So we'll have to wait and see. Adelaide, an outside chance now. They've got other ideas. <laughs> Apparently North Melbourne too. No disrespect to this player. I don't dislike any players, but North Melbourne have offered Zach Fisher a five-year deal. They heard what Hawthorne offered radically, which we're going to get to in a second, because that is just absolutely outs, outlandish offers. Zach Fisher has been rumoured to be offered a five-year deal from North Melbourne. You heard me correctly. Zach Fisher, who's been on the fringe for the last couple of years at Carlton, West Australian, was linked to West Coast, so I'm surprised. Yeah, but now he's been offered a five-year deal from North. I just think he has to take it. He'll, he'll probably get a regular game there for them on the wing. Um, yeah, I'd take it and run if I was Zach Vischer. Good on him, I guess. But North Melbourne, um, another club just throwing money at someone just to get to recruit someone. That's, that's, a, that's a terrible move. That is a really stupid move from North Melbourne. Have they not learned from the Jared Pollock one and plays like that? Obviously, they haven't. Brady Rawlings needs to go, plain and simple. Yeah. Now... <laughs> I didn't actually write this on my notes, so thank God I remembered it through the Zach Fisher thing. Safa Radigalia has, in, has had interest for Adelaide for a very long time. Last year, he, he wanted to go there. Geelong wouldn't allow it. Typical Chris Scott, right? And how stubborn they are. They they over, over think, they think their place is worth so much, but yet they don't play them or regularly play them. Like, and this is another example. Radigalia had a contract this year, been linked to Port all year. Looked like that's going to definitely happen. And then while Hawthorne's thrown in their self in the mix in the last two weeks, it's rumoured by, I think it was Sam Edmund from SEN, that I kid you not, that Harry Himmelberg got a deal around six years of like $4.8 million. Well, apparently, Sava Radigalia has been offered a seven-year deal from the Hawks at around $5 million. I just spoke about Zach Fisher getting a five-year deal. We want to joke that was. I just spoke about how bad it was Paddy Cripps getting in the All-Australian squad. But this just tops it all. Asaba Rattagalia. A fringe key position player at either end. Now being played as a defender, key defender. A seven-year deal, Hawks, for a fringe player? And that money? You think he's better than Himmelberg? Give me a break. The guy, again, no disrespect to Rattagalia, this is not his fault that Hawthorne being stupid to offer him that long. Of course, you should take it. Take it and run, Asava. Take it, mate. But from Hawthorne's point of view and their list management, you hard work you did to get rid of Tom Mitchell and Jake Aramir, what brave moves that was to help you get Cam McKenzie 
Um, plays all that in your midfield. So all that hard work, Hawthorne, is going to be undone if you make this stupid move. This would be worse than any trade of recent memory. Be worse than the Jared Pollock one. It would be worse than Jacob Hopper getting offered a seven-year deal. At least with Jacob... Now, I'm still not defending them, but that was embarrassing. But that was bad. But at least Jacob Hopper was a regular player at the Giants. Not that he was nowhere near worth what he was offered at Richmond. Torino, the same. I don't like anyone getting offered over five-year deals. Hopper, at least, was playing regular footy for the Giants. Radagalia is not, but Geelong never has. And Hawthorne offering him a seven-year deal. Hawthorne, if you want to be stupid and continue to not make finals, who I had high hopes for them next year, actually, just quietly. But this will set you back a lot financially and list management-wise. Like, that could stop you from doing any other trades. Now, Geelong would have zero leverage on this deal. But now that you are so dumb, Hawthorne, to offer seven years, you now give Geelong all the leverage. Geelong could say, hmm, well, we'll just let him go to the preseason draft. Then Hawthorne have to worry about West Coast or North Melbourne matching financial terms, which they could, and say, yep, we'll have him. And then you run that risk of him not going to your club. That is a dumb move. And even if you do a trade now, you've essentially said he's an elite player, offering him seven years at 800000 or whatever the hell that adds up to. That is embarrassing. That is the single most worst decision of the last five years in a trade sense. That is a joke. And I don't see Hawthorne denying this, so this is true. What a joke. Geelong now have every right to ask for an early second, late first rounder. And he's not worth shit. He's worth a pick in the 40s at best. At best. But now that Hawthorne have been stupid enough to offer him that, or Geelong to have some form of a leverage that they never had, they go, well, okay, you're rating this highly, mate. Well, we want a late first, early second. And to be honest, uh, if Geelong asked for that, I'd be laughing in their face. But if Hawthorne is stupid enough to offer a deal like that, then unfortunately Geelong have a right to ask for that. And I can't believe I'm saying that because he's not worth that at all. Not even close. He's played VFL for half the year. About eight games or so, eight, 10, 12 games. That is a joke. Really embarrassing. Really, really embarrassing. Hawks, come on, lift your game. Now, some other trade news. Tyler Brockman from the Hawks has requested to trade back home to the Eagles. Uh, Denver Granger Barash could be part of a deal here, potentially as well from the Hawks, who's West Australian, who may want to go home. Tyler Brockman is. Almost certain he would nominate the Eagles. Originally, officially, of course, to trade to WA, it will be the Eagles. He just His management would have advised him to keep his options open if West Coast had backed out. So by not naming West Coast on alone, it doesn't look bad for him. But he'll be going to the Eagles. Tyler Brockman will be an Eagle in 2024. Liam Henry is out of the Dockers. St Kilda, Hawthorne and North Melbourne are the three clubs heavily interested into him. He's definitely going to one of them three. I would see St Kilda still as the favourite of my sources. Hawthorne up next, and then North Melbourne. North Melbourne offering Liam, um, Zach Fisher five years. I'd, I'd worry to know what they're offering Liam Henry. And say for Hawthorne's is the throne Radigalia seven years. St Kilda, I think they'd offer about three. I think that's 
and more than enough. Personally, he'd be two, but if they want to get him, two probably won't cut it. So he's got interest there. Hopefully, for Saints fans that want him, I would feel better knowing that he hasn't nominated the club yet because Hawthorne and North are done. If it's really St Kilda and this keeps dragging out, the more likely it will be St Kilda because maybe he wants to wait for the team to be eliminated. So don't, don't rule that one out. Uh, Paddy Dow, uh, interest from St Kilda. If he leaves, it very likely will be the Saints. Uh, Jack Silvani, more talk from Tom Morris and co that he will stay now. I still feel that this is wide open for Jack Silvani to St Kilda, so watch that space on Jack Silvani and the Saints. Uh, and Jay Gresham, a Saint, been linked to Carlton. It's a free agent. The interest apparently is cooled off, according to some journos. I feel that that is slightly inaccurate. They are still heavily interested, just maybe not at the contract length that they were first offering. Hawthorne have apparently been interested as well. If they're, if they're throwing Radigalia seven years, they must be throwing Gresham 10 years. Which you know that's not the case, but logically speaking, Gresham's way better than Radigalia. So if he's getting off at seven, Gresham should be off at ten. <laughs> but yeah, they've got interest in Gresham as well as a free agent, which would be a great pick up for the Hawks and would add to their forward mix with Luke Bruce and that small forward brigade and replaces Brockman in the team. And you could push it to the midfield and have that different spark in the midfield that the Hawks don't really have. They've got Warble and Newcomb and Will Day. Rikosh has an X factor and speed around the ball. And, yeah, that's my trade took for now. I'll do a full in-depth trade video over the time and well before the trade, but there'll be multiple videos. I'll be doing, very likely, a daily trade period when the trade is actually on, and I'll be doing videos before, and the draft content as well. There'll be plenty more draft content as well, draft videos. I might do a new power ranking soon at some point as well. My final thoughts are simply this. You want me on Cameo, head to cameo.com forward slash Cooper G. Want me to roast a friend? Wish someone happy birthday. Anything at all, cameo.com forward slash Cooper G. Smash the like button on this video. Subscribe if you haven't already. Really appreciate it. Until next time, everyone, have a great one. The most important thing of all to remember is go to the Saints and, of course, acknowledge me, the one and all aboard, the Filippo and Saints train. Hopefully, next podcast, we're talking about the Saints being the Giants. Come on, Saints. All aboard, the Filippo and Saints train.